little bit more about myself. Uh, so again, my name is Joseph Sandela Cruz. I am the product manager for Real Estate IQ. Uh, so I actually oversee the, the uh, entire engineering and technical operations team who is responsible for the product. Um, and like with many startups, um, you know, everyone wears multiple hats. The other hat that I wear is um, on the sales and business development side for Austin and San Antonio. Um, I am frequently at the, uh, the real estate networking clubs in Austin and San Antonio. Um, and we'll continue to be doing that in whatever capacity I can over the next couple of months. Most of those meetups have now moved online as well. So um, I'll be present at, at those events as well as much as possible. Uh, my background is in engineering though. Um, I did spend about six years in corporate America um, doing, starting out as uh, customer support, going up to applications engineering, doing products uh, quality, and some product developments. And my focus was always on uh, data automation and computer vision uh, was, was essentially leveraging technology and systems to automate uh, as, much of, uh, as much of our work as possible. So um, that's kind of a, a thread that I try to continue into the real estate world as well. So if you're also passionate about technology and leveraging technology to streamline your business. Um, I definitely recommend checking out our other webinar, Geeks and Nerds in Real Estate. Um, you can check that out on our website. I'd love to also hear from you on how you're using technology to make your business uh, more efficient. So um, after my six, six years in corporate America, I decided to switch gears and focus on real estate. Uh, so I am presently investing in Central Texas everywhere along I-35 all the way down to San Antonio and then up to uh, Temple and Colleen. Uh, so that's kind of the area that I focus on. Um, and uh, my key strategies, uh, the, you know, the, the strategies that we execute most often are buy and hold and fix and flips, but we'll do everything from wholesaling to you know, subject to transactions and all that. So um, here are a couple photos from the latest projects. Um, on the left, this is a, a house that uh, my business partner and I flipped. Uh, this one was uh, last year. Uh, we got it. Um, it was. Yeah, we got it at um, uh, at a pretty good price. Uh, there was essentially a hole in the roof due to water damage, um, and we got this one actually just by networking, leveraging the the power of our network. Um, and we had uh, someone had brought the deal forth um, through our network and. And we, we looked at it, the numbers worked out. I mean, we had to do a bit of negotiation on the numbers, but um, we got it to a price point that we could purchase it at and fix and flip it in about two months. Uh, so there's the end product right there. And then the image here on the right, the four images here, this is the first deal I ever did uh, when I was actually just a client of Real Estate IQ, not even working for Real Estate IQ. Um, I got it by uh, purchasing the Real Estate IQ list. Um, we were doing door knocking and mailers at that time. So this particular one was an HOA foreclosure. And we talked to the lady and it turns out the HOA foreclosure was just, um, she was in the early stages of, of uh, a mortgage delinquency as well. So we were able to purchase that at the right numbers and flip that as well. So this one is in, uh, in Austin, uh, the one to the right and the one to the left was up in uh, Temple and Colleen. All right, so before we move on to the presentation, I just want to take a quick moment to acknowledge our sponsors. 
Um, you've probably heard of a lot of these uh, sponsors, but if you haven't, uh, definitely check them out and ask them how they can um, they can help you grow your business. So, so thanks for bearing with me there. So uh, one of our, our key sponsors is Quest Trust Company. Uh, so they are a self-directed IRA company. So if you have retirement funds, uh, 401k, an IRA, and you're wondering if you can leverage that to invest in real estate, uh, Quest is a, a fantastic resource for that. Uh, just go to their website, questtrust.com. Um, I've been able to use their services as well uh, to even purchase property in my retirement account when I was halfway across the, not, not even the country, I was, in, um, I was traveling in Japan a couple of years ago and was able to complete a transaction right in my retirement account and Quest handled the whole thing for me so definitely check out the website questtrust.com um, especially if you have retirement funds that you want to allocate towards real estate so we also do have uh, a couple hard money lenders um, that are sponsoring our events um, the first one uh, in no particular order bay mountain capital uh, they do hard money loans so hard money in the sense that they are loaning based on the asset not on uh, not fully, not necessarily on the person. They they look more heavily at the at the uh, deal that you've got going, um, and uh, you can use them for fix and flip loans. Um, so check out their website, BayMountainCapital.com. And AJ is the representative for the Austin area. Uh, but if you're looking for um, if you're looking for the rep in your area, just check out their website. That being said, we do have a couple other hard money lenders. Um, and unfortunately, I don't have the, the slides up for them, but check out their website as well, uh, blinklending.com. Uh, it's another hard money lender, operates all throughout Texas. And um, you might be wondering why we, we partner with, with several of them. Um, you always want to network with uh, several hard money lenders uh, because all their, their loan programs, um, there are subtle differences or even big differences uh, between all the loan programs that these uh, lenders are offering. So you definitely want to network with all of them. See if they have a particular um, a particular uh, program that works for your deal. Um, you know, th the rates might be slightly different or the terms might be different across the lenders. Uh, so it's in your best interest to, to network with all of them and, and get, uh, get quotes uh, and learn about all the different programs. So aside from Bay Mountain Capital, we've got um, uh, Blink Lending as well. Go to their website, blinklending.com. And then we have ILS Investor Loan Source, ILS.cash. So definitely check out uh, those websites as well for all your hard money needs. And then next, uh, we do have a whole series of, of webinars uh, and online education available to you. Uh, so check it out. Go to our web website, realestateiq.co. Um, and um, check out all the events that we have running. Uh, we've got a whole lineup of uh, online events uh, geared towards everything from, um, you know, how to fill out uh, contracts, how to do uh, subject to transactions, you know, detailed information about probates, um, or uh, even, um, you know, how to find uh, how to find people to bird dog for you to to get good leads. So check out our website, realestateiq.co. That's not a typo, it is .co, not .com. 
And um, that being said, I think we're going to jump right ahead and uh, go into the deal finding training for tonight. So uh, before we, we get too deep into the training, we need to establish what exactly do we mean by a good deal in real estate. So um, I'd love to hear from you. So uh, I think we've got a few more attendees now. So thanks for tuning in uh, and welcome to the deal finding training. Um, this is going to be as interactive a session as we can make it. So um, if you could pull up the chat window in Zoom, I'd love to hear from you. What is your definition of a good deal in real estate? So are you looking for, um, are you looking for an immediate, you know, you can type into the chat window. What is your, another question to ask? Uh, is what is your strategy? Are you looking for something in the short term? Are you looking for something in the long term? Let me know in the chat window um, what your idea of a good deal would be. So another another question is um, what is your what are your strategies? So if you're a a wholesaler, let me know in the chat window that you know wholesale is your focus. Or if you're a fix and flipper. Love to hear from you in the chat window as well. Is fix and flip your strategy, or if you're in it for the long haul, um, you're you want to hold the asset and see it appreciate. Uh, you're more of a buy and holder. I'd love to hear that as well in the chat window. Go ahead and type that in, because really your definition of of what a deal is is really going to define what we're going to focus on tonight. Uh, some of the examples that we're looking at, uh, I want to tailor it to. Uh, what you and the audi audience are interested in. So, so Vernon, thanks for chiming in there. Um, a good deal is a win-win-win for everyone, right? So helping distressed people um, out of their situation. So, in it, in it for the long haul. For so, Vernon, you say a three-two-two, so three-bed, two-bath, um, two-car garage. Is that um, okay? Got it. Just wanted to make sure. Perfect. Thank you for chiming in there. Yeah, I like that. Win, win, win. Everyone, you know, from the seller, from you, um, you know, to the end buyer, uh, everyone has to win. That's a great, uh, great focus. And Angelica Wholesale, awesome, awesome. Okay. Well, thanks for thanks for chiming in. So um, it looks like there's a, a good uh, a good spread. You know, everyone. Um, it sounds like you're all familiar with all the different strategies as well. Um, so wholesale, fix and flip, buy and hold, and all the all the variants there. Uh, so the point of me asking this is that um, everyone everyone may have a different strategy, uh, and the strategy really dictates the um, the what you know what constitutes a good deal. So Alma, you mentioned you're just looking for your first deal. Fantastic! Thanks for thanks for chiming in there. Most often people looking for their first deal uh, are also looking for a strategy that's a bit more short term, right? You, you, you need to prove that, you know, your business model works. So uh, you need something that uh, that works for you in the short term. So something like a wholesale deal um, is fantastic as the first deal, right? So number one, you don't need much capital to begin with. And then number two, you're in and out of the deal um, very, very quickly compared to a fix and flip or a buy and hold. All right, so I'll make sure to touch on all of those um, throughout this presentation. So uh, we'll look at wholesale, um, fix and flip, and buy and hold kind of when we're, when we're looking through our, uh, the real estate IQ platform. 
um, and identifying potential opportunities in all of those spaces. All right, so uh, are you all familiar with the typical rule of thumb formulas that are used in, um, in real estate? So for uh, fix and flips, the 70% rule, the 70% of the after repair value minus repairs. Um, does everyone, uh, does everyone, has everyone heard of that formula before? Okay, great, um, thank you. Thanks for participating there. So 70% ARV minus repairs is the standard formula that is recommended um, for you to follow when looking for a, a good deal. Uh, and that's particularly for um, wholesalers or fix and flippers. Uh, so in other words, you need to purchase the property um, and uh, the property has to have a certain after repair value. That's after all the necessary repairs, updates and upgrades have been made property needs to, you know, will be worth a certain, a certain number, and that's the ARV. Um, so for the wholesale and the fix and flip strategy, we're looking at purchasing um, usually around the 70% of the ARV minus the cost um, to get to the repairs. So we're going to focus on that definition of a deal. Um, for people who are doing buy and holds, um, you can typically afford to pay more than the 70% ARV minus repairs uh, because you're in it for the long run and you don't have to sell it. You buy it once and you hold on to it. Whereas uh, for a fix and flip strategy, you buy it once and you, then you'll incur the cost of selling that house again. So you have to have, um, you have, to have a bit more margin in the deal. So, we're going to focus on the 70% ARV rule minus repairs, but I'll definitely touch on how you can find uh, good properties for buy and holds in terms of cash flow. There's another rule out there that says if you're looking for a buy and hold property, uh, that you typically want to look for a certain percentage. Um, you might have heard of the 1% rule, stating that if you're looking for a buy and hold property, uh, you want it to meet here in Texas, it's, it's around the 1% rule. It's, it's a very localized rule to the market that you're in. If you're in uh, a different state, maybe closer to the Midwest, maybe you can get closer to 2%. But what that rule states is that if you take the monthly rental um, income, uh, the net monthly rental income, divide it by the uh, purchase price or the acquisition cost for the, for the property, uh, you should be around the 1% range. So if a house, uh, if you can get $1,000 of rents per month on a house and you uh, spend $100,000, that fits the 1% rule. And it's a general rule to state that, you know, you can, that property will generally do well for you in terms of a, a buy and hold if you can meet that 1% rule. But again, these are all rules of thumb. Everyone's situation is slightly different. So it's just you know, as a rule of thumb is it's a good starting point, but you need to evaluate it according to your situation to see if you can afford um, to pay uh, to pay more um, or if you need to stick with that rule of thumb. So that being said, um, let's jump into um, the tools first that we can use uh, to analyze our deals, because when we talk about rules of thumb, uh, you know, we're talking about the formula 70% ARV minus repairs or, you know, the 1% rule. We need to establish, number one, what is the ARV? 
Number two, what is the repair, uh, the repair estimate for that property? And then of course, we wanna do some detailed analysis on the numbers for that deal. We wanna make sure you know, if, we, if we're buying a buy and hold property um, and we have a mortgage on that property, you know, what is the cost um, of, that, of the mortgage on that property? How is that going to impact our cash flow and all that? So we do have several tools available to our clients to help with those uh, three key areas. We are going to focus first and foremost on the CMA tool. And that is, so CMA is a comparative market analysis um, and that is a tool that you can use to determine the ARV of the property. So the goal here is um, really to help us accurately analyze a deal. Um, so let's say, let's say I'm, I have a deal that I want to wholesale to you. Um, and I tell you that um, I'm, the property is worth $100,000 fixed up. Um, it needs $20,000 in repair. Um, and I'm asking you for, let's say, $50,000. Um, the most important thing for you as an investor to do is to verify those numbers, to do your due diligence. So how do you know that it's going to be worth $100,000 all fixed up? So um, this is an open-ended question here. Do you all, um, are you all familiar with, uh, with the CMA, with running comps? And if you are, let me know what is the process or what do you use to determine your comps, you know, to figure out the, AR, the ARV of the property? What tool or system do you currently use for that? Are you going on online to realtor.com? Do you have access? Do you have a realtor or are you a realtor, for example? Um, let me know in the chat window, how do you find your ARVs or how do you currently do your due diligence? Okay, Angelica, you mainly use the MLS, um, right? So looking at closed sales uh, within the past six months, excellent, excellent. So I think you, you're all right on the money there. So especially here in Texas, because Texas is a non-disclosure state. In other words, it is not public records information um, as um, you know how much a property sold for. So. If you, you can know, you can find out online that a, you know, a particular property sold at this date, but you cannot find out exactly how much it sold for. So um, if you really want to know those numbers and, you know, those numbers are critical for figuring out how much um, a property is worth because we base it on comparable sales. So if you're looking at subject property, um, let's say on 123 Maple Street, to figure out how much that's worth, you need to look at comparable properties. So properties in the same area with a similar square footage, um, a similar year built, similar condition. You wanna see how much those comparable properties sold for. And that allows you to determine the price um, for your subject property. So I think um, everyone who answered says uh, they either use the MLS or a realtor partner. So Angelica, you mentioned you mainly use the MLS. So are you a, a real estate agent? Because, uh, okay, all right, that's okay. I was just, I just wanted to call it out. Usually when we have uh, realtors in our audience, I do like to, um, to let everyone else know if they're looking for an agent uh, to network with, uh, with you all. I wanna show you the tool that we offer because uh, the MLS is definitely the way to go in terms of uh, determining your CMA. 
you know, your ARV on the property. You need to use a system uh, that is based on MLS data. And that's exactly what we have uh, for our clients. We've got a tool called FastCMA. So I'm going to exit the presentation and go into my browser. And I will show you the CMA tool. So does anyone um, have an, odd, uh, an address that uh, you want to comp together right now so I can showcase the CMA tool? So if you've got an address, um, a property that you are working on, um, please type that into the chat window. Um, otherwise, I'll, I'll run a comp here on one, of my, um, on one of the properties that I'm looking at. So let me know in the chat window if you've got um, if you've got a property that you want to comp. Otherwise, okay, I'm going to go ahead and run a comp on a property here in the Austin area. So what we can do is pull up um, fast CMA. Okay, so San Angelo, San Angelo. Where is so? Let me double check here. 76901. Uh, what county is, let me just search that real quick. I need to check to see if we have coverage in San Angelo. Um, that is in Tom Green. Okay. I do believe, let me double check here. I'm going to zoom out. So I don't think we have coverage in that area. So we have to be covered by the North Texas, I think that would probably, no, that's, that's definitely not the North Texas real estate um, MLS. Um, so unfortunately we don't have MLS coverage in that particular area. So if you've got one in the kind of the DFW Metroplex or the Houston Metroplex or San Antonio or Austin, we can definitely comp that. Unfortunately, we don't have coverage right now in San Angelo. So I will do an address in, uh, in the Austin area. So what we do um, with any comparable, uh, we, like I alluded to before, we have to define what is comparable. In other words, what, are, are, what is our criteria for saying that, you know, this house is comparable to our subject property? Of course, we do that by the property type. We don't want to compare a a mobile home to a, a regular home or a condo to a, you know, to um, a, a, you know, a standalone freestanding home. So we can define the property type here. So let's say I know this particular property is a single uh, family it's a house. Uh, we also need to tell the system what year uh, that property was built in. So 2004 and the square footage. And so we're not comparing a gigantic mansion to a, a tiny house. And then most importantly, we also have to factor in time because if we're looking at a sale, I think it was just as uh, Vernon mentioned, you can't look at uh, sales from a year or two years ago because the market fluctuates, there's changes, there's appreciation. Uh, so we have to stay in a pretty tight time frame. So, um, Typically, what we recommend starting out with is just with, stay within 180 days, see what kind of results, how many comparables you get, and go from there. Likewise, in terms of the distance, you don't want to check, you don't want to compare your subject property to one that's on the other side of town. So staying within a quarter mile radius, uh, also depending on where you are, if you're in kind of a more rural area or uh, inside the city, 
uh, that can uh, that can impact the radius that you search at. For this particular property is in one of the suburbs outside of Austin, so I'm going to stick with a quarter mile radius. Um, and then year built range plus or minus 10 years um, and square footage range plus or minus 20%. And Vernon has a question about break, breaking down by subdivisions. That is a fantastic question. You typically want to stay within the same subdivision um, as much as possible. Uh, but there are exceptions to that. For example, in, um, in Austin, in uh, particularly close to the downtown area, you can be in one, you know, the subdivision can basically be the length of, of half of a street and then you move over to the other side and it's a different subdivision. So, you know, looking within the same subdivision works well, you know, in um, kind of the, uh, the suburbs um, in, in areas where there's a lot of new builds. Um, so in order to do that, we do have an algorithm that will favor um, comps in the same subdivision, but I'm going to show you how you can just do that manually right now. And then we can come back and talk about how you can, let the systems, uh, the, the system pick the comps based on the subdivision. So um, I'm going to go ahead and search for the comps um, in that particular range. Um, here you can see that there was nothing, there weren't too many that were um, sold recently, um, or it could be in terms of the, the distance to my subject property. So I'm going to go a bit further out in the distance um, to find the comparables here. And you can see that by increasing the distance a bit more to 0.5 miles, I got um, six sold comps. So I'm going to run the CMA anyways, and we'll take a look at the map to see if, we, um, if we're in the same subdivision, if we're in a different subdivision, or what the whole situation is. So here's, uh, here are the results. Here's my subject property. And then here are the comparables. So you can see that many of them are on the other side of uh, this this larger street here called A.W. Grimes. Uh, we do have one on the same, uh, same side of the, the road here. Um, but Vernon, to your point, we want to take a quick look at the subdivision and make sure that uh, we are within the same subdivision as much as possible. So we do provide that data here. So you can see here's our subject property. Uh, it's in the Turtle Creek subdivision. And all the other comparables are also in the Turtle Creek subdivision. And some of them are in different sections or phases of the subdivision. There's a phase two, there's a phase three. Uh, but the good thing is they're all in the same subdivision. They're all made by the same builder. They might vary by the year built. So if we scroll down here, you can see the year built varies. So the ones in different sections, of course, are built in, in uh, different years. So that definitely factors into, the, into your calculations, right? So you, whoops. Apologies there, I uh, hit the, uh, the back button on my browser by accident there. Um, let me just search for this again here. And let me take this opportunity to show you the feature of our software that instead of entering all the details for the, the custom CMA and specifying the recency, the distance and all that, we can favor um, that, that uh, all the comps can be in this that should be in the same subdivision so we can select an auto algorithm here that says i want all the comps uh, to be pulled up in the same subdivision and then you don't really have to worry about all those other parameters there um, and and the results here uh, will ensure that all your comps are in the same subdivision um, 
But going back to my point earlier, you want it, you do want to make sure, even though these are in the same subdivision, again, they are in different phases uh, and in different sections. So you'd want to take a close look at the year built here. So our comparable property was built in 2004. You probably don't want to compare it to one that was built in 2012. Like you'll see uh, some of them here are built um, in 2012. So our system allows you to come in here and select the relevant comps in here based on the criteria that, um, that, most, uh, that are most suitable for your particular analysis. So here I can deselect properties based on the year built and the square footage. Another criteria that we want to base our analysis on is the condition of the interior. So we can go to photos view um, and we can quickly assess, you know, this is our subject property. Uh, there are photos because this was listed on the MLS at one point in time. Um, and then all the other comparables here are based on properties that have been sold. So there are definitely photos for those. So what you can do here is just quickly thumb through um, and see the condition of the property uh, and assess, you know, are these truly comparable? Maybe one of them has a very, very well done interior and another one like we might find here has very, you know, minimal updates. This is this still, oh no, it looks like it's got stone countertops, uh, you know, a pretty nice backsplash here. So the goal here is to make sure that you're comparing apples to apples and not apples to oranges in the sense that uh, the condition of the inside should be comparable as well. So um, photos are a great way to quickly assess that. So if your subject property is the only one in the neighborhood that, uh, that doesn't have, um, for example, uh, stone countertops or, uh, or some kind of wood-like flooring, then you need to factor that into your analysis that needs to be budgeted into your uh, repair calculations. You don't want to be the only house on the block that, uh, that has, um, you know, that lacks certain updates. So that is the comparable tool at a very, very high level there. Um, and again, we do have coverage over all across the major metro areas in Texas. That's the Austin metro area, Austin and surrounding area, uh, DFW, Houston, and San Antonio. So let me jump back to the slides um, so we can get into the actual leads portion. So we talked about, uh, about running the comps, but we're not really going to focus too much on estimating repairs or you know, looking too closely at uh, the financials of our, our deal. Um, we're gonna jump now into the actual um, deal finding side of things. So we know we know how to run comps. Um, we know, at least uh, for, for tonight, we're not focusing on the, uh, on the aspect of estimating repairs. Um, that's, a, that's a whole other presentation that, that goes into, you know, how do you, how do you know how much the repairs are going to be? Uh, so we're going to focus more on finding the deals, um, focusing on the leads. What are the different lead types that we can use and what are the different tools that we can use to, uh, to generate those leads? So we have um, three products uh, that can help you with, with that. Number one, off-market leads. Number two, county data finder. And number three, MLS deal finder. Um, so each one of these tools has kind of uh, different applications. Um, and it really depends on your 
uh, your focus and your strategy. Uh, but they should, you should definitely, um, you should definitely take a look at all three of them and see if, um, see which ones work for your strategy. So with the off-market leads, uh, we're going to start with that one. The off-market leads um, is a list of people who are going through a particular situation in life or, you know, there's a particular signal um, or situation that uh, they're going through that indicates that they might have some kind of distress or motivation to sell their property at a discount. So, uh, Vernon, you mentioned probates, divorces, and pre-foreclosure. That's exactly it. So those are three very, very common sources of distress. You know, um, if you're, uh, you mentioned probate, um, let's, let's start with pre-foreclosure, though. Let's go according to the order in this list. Uh, so pre-foreclosures, these are people who are delinquent on their mortgages, um, delinquent to a point that in which the bank has decided that, you know, they they need to you know they need to recuperate um they need to you know uh, mitigate their losses so they're what they're going to do is auction the property off um and then they'll uh, you know they'll they'll be able to recuperate their losses that way uh so the pre-foreclosure leads are leads in which a homeowner has gone delinquent on their mortgage to the point at which the bank has already scheduled a foreclosure auction date. Um, and in, in Texas, the foreclosure auctions happen on the first Tuesday of every month. Granted, I know there's news going on right now that uh, based on the current situation and the pandemic, um, I think the April uh, foreclosure auctions are going to be postponed all across uh, the country. But under normal times, um, the foreclosure action, auctions are happening every single month uh, and this is how the banks recuperate, um, you know, the, uh, the fact that they haven't been, they haven't been seeing any return on their investment. So they, they will auction the properties off uh, to the highest bidder at the auction. Um, and uh, so these are people, you know, pre-foreclosure leads are, are publicly recorded in the county, uh, in the county database uh, and in the county courthouse. So these are leads that, um, uh, that are published um, every every single month. Uh, in fact, we uh, at Real Estate IQ we're checking uh, the county every single day for these leads. Uh, it really depends on what county you're working with. Um, you can have a good steady stream of leads every single every week. I would say you'll have a good stream of leads uh, being published by um, uh, by the county. And at Real Estate IQ, we're responsible for taking those leads, um, extracting that information, uh, figuring out, for example, the, uh, the details, uh, how much equity do these people have in the property? Um, you know, um, when, did the, when was the original mortgage originated? You know, we provide several data points for you so you can, um, so you can act on that uh, particular lead. So, that's the pre-foreclosure side. I think we'll, what we'll do is we'll take a look at one of, our, one of the pre-foreclosure leads in a bit, but I just want to go through the rest of the leads here uh, briefly. So there's the pre-foreclosure. Uh, there's also what we call the appointment of substitute trustee list. And this is a list uh, that actually we call it, um, its formal name is the appointment of substitute trustee, but we call it pre-pre-foreclosure uh, because it typically happens one step before the pre-foreclosure leads occur. 
So the idea here is that um, banks such as Wells Fargo or Chase, you know, they're not in the business of owning real estate. Uh, so when the banks want to foreclose on a homeowner, uh, you know, they hire someone to take care of that. They're not in, in, um, in the real estate business. They're in, you know, they're, they're banks. So um, they will hire an, you know, an attorney, uh, a law firm to represent them to carry out the foreclosure process. And occasionally when they do that, actually they always have to appoint a substitute trustee, but occasionally they will appoint that substitute trustee and that document will be recorded with the county in advance of the auction date being set. So that's why we call it a pre-pre-foreclosure because it happens, and this is sometimes, it happens before the actual auction date is set. So we, that's another lead that we offer at Real Estate IQ. We're constantly checking the court records for, uh, for these uh, types of situations. So, if, so for example, if we know that there was a substitute trustee appointed to, uh, to take care of you know, a particular person at this address, we know that sooner or later that property is going to go into foreclosure. The auction date probably hasn't been set yet, but we know that it's coming. So that's the, uh, the pre-foreclosure side of things. Um, let me just check here. I think Vernon, you had mentioned uh, the other two were probates and, and the divorce lists. Yeah, so let's get into that. So the probate list here, um, we do provide that list as well. So this is a list of everyone who has applied for, um, for a probate case. So probate is the legal process in which um, a will is enacted. So let's say someone owned, um, owned real estate here in Texas, uh, they passed away, but before they passed away, they had a will. And in that will, they, uh, they, um, uh, they willed that property to their heirs. So the probate um, leads uh, show that, you know, the heirs are taking the, the legal steps necessary to enact that will and to gain ownership over that property. So you might ask, why is that, you know, why is this a considered an off-market lead? What, what's the motivation there? So number one, we, we scrub all our, our probate leads to make sure that um, the probate case involves real estate. Of course, there are some people um, who don't own real estate, but they still have a will to enact. They have other types of assets. We've already scrubbed all the leads to make sure that you're dealing with probate cases where there is real estate attached to that case. And then number two, um, let's say the heirs um, inherit a property, but the heirs don't really want to own real estate. You know, owning real estate is, um, is great if you want to own it. Um, if you want to, uh, to have that home for yourself, or if you want to have a, a rental property, if you're intentional about it, but many of the heirs, they don't want to own real estate. It's actually a hassle. It's a liability in many cases. So, uh, when they inherit the real estate, uh, especially if the, the property is in bad condition, uh, if, it's, uh, if it's in need of a lot of repairs, it's a hassle. So rather than owning the house and the, you know, the tax uh, burden that comes with it and all the other liability that comes with it, they'd rather just part with the property um, and, uh, and just get the cash for the property instead. And that's particularly the case too if the heirs live 
outside of the state um, or halfway across the country. So the probate list is a great one to work. At. We also provide you with the information to say that, hey, this, this is the subject property. Um, this is the address for the subject property. And this is the address for the heirs who applied for the probate case. So what you can do is, like I was saying, you can check to see if the heirs live outside of the state or, you know, um, or across the country, then you can really focus and target uh, those particular cases. So I think Vernon, you also, you also mentioned the, uh, the divorce list. We do also provide that list as well. So it's a list of everyone who has filed for divorce. Uh, and again, that owns real estate. Uh, so that's, that's another great list to work. Um, I, I will say there's a lot, there can be a lot of drama involved with that list. I've personally um, dealt with several leads that fall under that category as well. Um, people going through foreclosure and a divorce. Uh, so there's not only the urgency of, of getting out of the foreclosure, but also the drama um, and the, um, the potential uh, heartache associated too with, with the divorce process. So um, that's another great list to work. We do have, um, in addition to that list, we do have the evictions list. So the evictions list is a list of all the landlords um, who own single family um, property that have just filed an eviction case. Uh, so that's another good list to target um, uh, motivated or distressed landlords, because that's probably the, the lowest point in any landlord's experiences, you know, having to evict someone and fix up the property um, and put it on the market again, you know, they're, they're not making money and they have to spend more money to get the property ready to be listed as well. We also do several types of uh, liens. So HOA liens, mechanics liens. Uh, we also do the hospital lien list. We do uh, loan modification. So that's a, that's a big one as well. So uh, people who are delinquent on their mortgages um, oftentimes they can go through what is called a loan modification. In other words, they agree, they come to an agreement with the lender, let's say Wells Fargo. Uh, let's say they were originally paying, you know, thousand a month and they had, you know, 20 years left on their mortgage. Um, and those were the original terms. Um, but if they go through certain hardships, they're not able to pay. The bank is willing to work with them to a certain extent, especially if there are unforeseen circumstances involved, you know, hardship, illness, uh, loss of employment, that kind of situation. The bank may work with them and um, if the bank believes that the, the person still has a good chance of recovering from that situation and return, returning to some kind of normalcy, uh, the bank can temporarily reduce the payments um, that are that are owed on a monthly basis, um, and then anything that um, anything that the owner is delinquent on, instead of paying now, they can add that all that all that uh, those back payments and 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 penalties and fees. They can add it onto the back of the loan, and basically push the loan out. Instead of now having only 20 years left on the loan, they might have another 20, 22, or 23 years left. Um, but the key thing here is that everyone who applies for a loan modification um, is typically going through some kind of hardship. And um, they're trying to avoid the foreclosure situation. 
So sometimes people are applying for a loan modification and they're already going through pre-foreclosure. Sometimes they're kind of, they're, they're acting, you know, in advance, they're going through the loan modification, they're not in foreclosure yet. Regardless of the situation, this is a good lead type to work because it's pretty much guaranteed that the person is going through some hardship and that's why they're applying for the loan modification. So um, we also do uh, delinquent tax lists. So this is a list of everyone who has not paid or is not current on their property taxes. Uh, so we're not talking about federal taxes, we're talking about property taxes at the county level. Um, and I will, one thing I will say about the delinquent tax list is that it is extremely large. So here in Austin, in Travis County specifically, I think there are about nine, eight or 9,000 um, accounts that are delinquent on taxes. Now that doesn't mean they're all necessarily motivated sellers. They might just owe, you know, a couple hundred dollars uh, and it might have been from last year's taxes. Uh, but some people owe, you know, tens of thousands of dollars and their accounts have been delinquent for several years. So these people, you know, are, are much more likely to be uh, more motivated. Then when, when people are delinquent on their taxes uh, for um, for sufficiently long enough, uh, the county will eventually foreclose on them um, and um, sell the property off um, at, the, uh, at the tax auction, at the tax foreclosure sale. So that's another list we provide, a list of all the properties that are going into auction at the tax sale. Now, there are a lot of rules associated with that. You know, there's um, redemption periods and all that. We won't get into that. Um, but uh, do know that we do provide those particular leads. So at this point in time, I wanna take uh, a moment to pull up uh, one of the lead types that we offered. Uh, was there a particular list that you all wanted to focus on um, to kind of drill deeper in and maybe analyze together? Just let me know in the chat window if there's a particular lead type of interest to you all. I know recently um, the pre-foreclosure and the eviction list is is quite, uh, there's a lot of news surrounding that. Um, I'm not sure if you all heard, but um, due to the uh, the current coronavirus situation, it looks like foreclosures and evictions are going to be temporarily paused until at least until, um, until April. Um, but uh, let me know in the chat window if you want to pull up one of these lead types, we can focus on that and kind of do a deep dive and talk about it. Um, Vernon, I know you mentioned probates, divorces, and pre-foreclosures. Let me know if you want to focus on, on one of those and we can take a close look. Okay. Um, so Angelica, oh, I, I skipped that. So the affidavit of airship, um, let me touch on that. And then we can also take a look at some of those leads. So. Um, affidavit of airship uh, is related to probate leads um, in the sense that it involves um, someone who has passed away, a decedent. Um, and if the decedent did not have a will in place or they didn't probate the will within four years, uh, the only way for the heirs to claim ownership of that property is through what we call an affidavit of airship. Uh, so let me pull up the list. I'll pull up the probate and the affidavit of airship list and we can take a look at that together. That's definitely a very interesting list to work. So give me a second here. I'm going to pull up the leads here. Uh, so what you'll see is uh, that I am accessing my email inbox. 
Uh, and that is because all the leads that we offer um, are emailed to our clients on a daily basis. So um, every single business day, we send our clients the up-to-date off-market lead for that day. Um, so in other words, we're also checking the, the, our sources, our data sources, every single day for new leads. So let's take a look at the probate and the airship leads um, for this particular month. Um, and I think, I think we had a, a large percentage of you that are in the DFW area. So I'm going to look at the DFW area. So these are the lists, uh, the leads for probate. I'm, let me zoom in here so that you can see it a bit more clearly. Um, so you can see we've broken it down by county. So we have uh, all the different counties in the DFW area. We've got the date that the lead was added. That is the date that Real Estate IQ that we added the lead. The date that it was filed is the date that um, that particular document was filed at the county courthouse. So here we can see it is a probate case uh, for Denton. Um, we've got the name of the decedent um, and the property. So this is the this is the subject property that we're talking about. So 1701 Sterling Lane in Louisville. Uh, of course, we provide, just so you can have a general idea of how much the property is worth. We're not saying this is the ARV, but it's a general guideline. This is the tax assessed value of that property. Let me zoom in a bit more here so you can focus on this particular lead. Um, and then we do also provide the name of the person who's handling that probe or who's um, administering or applying for that probate case. So there, there are some technical terms, you know, the administrator, the executor uh, of that probate case. Uh, we just call, we basically treat it as who is the one who basically will make the decision if they want to sell that property. Um, so we call that person the grantee. It's just the person named in the probate case who is handling um, the decision regarding that particular property. So you can see here the name, uh, it's Roberts. Uh, the mailing street and mailing address is the same as the subject property. That's one thing to note here. So the property is 1701 Sterling and the mailing street for the, the person taking care of the probate case is at the same address. You can also compare the name, the, the, the last name. You can see the decedent was Kathleen uh, and the last name um, Lacroix and last name here on the grantee is also, it's the same last name. So that tells us that um, uh, the fact that it's at the same address, it's likely um, either the heirs uh, or a surviving spouse and they, they occupy, they live in that property since their mailing address is the same. So that's something to keep in mind um, because if they live, if their mailing address is the same as the subject property, that means they probably live in it um, and they, there's a good chance they will look to continue to live in it. But if the addresses are different between you know, the mailing address and the subject property address, then that's, that can oftentimes be a bit more interesting to us from the investor side because they don't live in the property. They might you know, be less uh, tied to that property and more willing to, to sell it. Um, so those are some relevant fields that we provide in the probate list. 
We also do give you the attorney name. So this is the attorney assigned to the probate case. So uh, many investors will reach out both to the, um, to the administer, uh, administrator or the executor of the, uh, of the probate case. Um, and they will also reach out to the attorney because the attorney um, can oftentimes put you in touch with uh, with their client with the clients uh, so we give you the attorney name the attorney attorney phone number and uh, email if it's available and then there are a couple other uh, a couple other data points here if you wanted to cross-reference this particular lead against the county website we do have the property id so you can search with um excuse me with um denton county you could tell them hey i'm looking at you know property id 80439, you know, can you tell me about the, uh, you know, the tax value or um, the, the, the information about the person, you know, the last time the property was purchased. You can find that information by cross-referencing the property ID. So that's the probate lists. Um, let me double check and make sure we don't have uh, any questions there. If you have any thoughts on the probate list, please do let me know, or if you have any experience if anyone has worked the probate list, I'd love to hear your thoughts and your experience there. Um, but let me quickly switch over to the affidavit of airship list, uh, which is similar, again, it's similar to the probate case, but the only reason it's different is because either there was no will from the person who, who passed away, or there was the will, but the heirs did not probate the will. They didn't, they didn't basically, um, go to the probate court and, and enact that will. They didn't do that within the four years that is required in Texas. So if there's a will uh, from four years, um, for, you have to probate it within four years of the date of death of the decedent. Otherwise, the only other option in order to, um, to claim your rights to that property is to go through a process called the affidavit of airship. And so these are the, the leads that we also offer. So these are all the people who are filing an affidavit of heirship to basically prove that they are the rightful heirs to that particular property. So the information is very, very similar to the probate case. Um, we do have additional information. Every time an affidavit is, is filed, there's, uh, so there's detailed information that states that you know, the person filing for it is claiming that they are the heir and they had a certain relationship with the decedent and that is sometimes available in the court record so you can see if that is available here we do in, provide it in our list here um, but uh, for the most part it's the same information uh, you also get the attorney assigned uh, the phone number and the email the attorney address and all that so it's a very very similar list um, though what I will say about this list is that in my experience, um, many times when you're working with people who are doing an affidavit of airship, oftentimes it's because they are already in the process um, of, of getting ready to sell that property. And for example, they find out from the title company, the title company says, hey, you know, I know you're the, the heir, but you know, there was no will and or the will wasn't probated in within the four years we've got to do this affidavit of airship process so that we can officially sell the property so that's one thing to be aware of in my experience i have seen that many of the affidavit of airship leads i worked 
were not really motivated because they were already in the process of selling the property, um, you know, of listing it, or they already had a contract. That doesn't mean no one on the affidavit of airship list is a good lead, but that's just something to be aware of um, that in many cases, um, they're already in the process of, of selling the property. So, but again, that's my experience. Um, I don't have hard statistics to back that up, um, but that is just uh, my experience I wanted to share with you. So does anyone have any questions about the probate list or the affidavit of airship list? All right, check there. Okay, great, fantastic. So thanks for chiming in there. Um, so I will pull up one more list here as a sample uh, and then we'll get right back into the presentation. Um, so let me go back to the email and just pull up the pre-foreclosure lists um, and I'll highlight some of the, the key features and uh, data uh, fields that we offer there as well. So with the pre-foreclosure list, um, what we offer here, let me make this uh, full screen mode so you can see it more clearly. So with the pre-foreclosure list, um, here I pulled up the Austin pre-foreclosure list. So similar to all our other lead types, you can see here the date that uh, Real Estate IQ that we added the, the lead versus when it was stamped and filed at the county. Uh, so we're pretty, uh, we're, we pride ourselves in, in adding our leads um, with a very, very uh, short turnaround time. So you can see here within a day of the county, uh, of the document being filed with the county, we add it to our system. With the foreclosure leads, what we're also doing, uh, like I mentioned before, we are also providing a lot of relevant information about the equity that the owners have in that property. So um, let's say your strategy is to wholesale the deal or to fix and flip it. You need to make sure there's enough equity in the deal. In other words, that the, um, that the, the current owners um, don't owe more money uh, than, than you can afford um, to pay. Let's, so let's say the property, if the ARV is um, $100,000, you need to buy it at 70% of that minus repairs. So if they owe $90,000, there's no way you can get it. You can't buy that property at that price point that you need uh, to, to, uh, to execute the wholesale deal. So in other words, you need to make sure there's enough equity in that deal uh, to make it work for your strategy. So what we do is we also estimate the equity for you. Um, and the reason we say it's an estimate is because only the bank really knows how much is due. Even if you ask the homeowner, they can tell you, you know, yeah, my last mortgage statement said, you know, there's a, there's this much of a balance, but uh, you need to contact the bank for sure to, to verify that and make sure there are no more penalties or, or um, back, back fees owed on that property. The fact is they're on the foreclosure list, so there's probably some fees that they owe, um, attorney's fees, penalties, and all that. So, uh, so this is an estimate at best, uh, but it is a good starting point to tell you that, for example, this person here who has uh, negative equity that's probably not gonna work <laughs> out for you. It's definitely not gonna work for a fix and flip strategy. So you can filter the list and focus on the people who have um, a good amount of equity. 
Now, if your strategy involves dealing with people with little or no equity, then of course you can, you can entertain the, you know, the leads that have very little equity. But this will at, le at least save you some time in the marketing efforts um, so you don't have to reach out to people that you know, you know don't fit your particular strategy. So that's uh, one other key piece of information we provide in the foreclosure list uh, that's extremely helpful um, to narrow and filter the list uh, for our clients. So unless we have any questions, I'm gonna head back to the presentation and we will cover another lead source um, that is relevant. Um, okay, so the off-market leads, well, let me just wrap up off-market leads again. So with off-market leads, we are updating these every single day. Uh, we're pulling from various county databases from the county appraisal district, from the official public records, uh, the county clerk, the district clerk. Um, really, um, you know, for most, for the, most of the larger counties, we work with, you know, three or four points of contact in each county to pull the data on a daily basis, uh, aggregate it, uh, package it together for our clients. And then what you'll notice is, you know, we offer over 13 different types of off-market leads. You can go out and buy those leads individually. You know, there are plenty of providers that just focus on pre-foreclosure. You can buy just the pre-foreclosure list or you can buy just the probate list. Uh, when you add up all the different lead types together uh, and you look at what we offer, it's, over, it's worth over $2,000 a month uh, for all of those leads. Um, but I want to spend a bit of time here talking about the County Data Finder service. The County Data Finder is another lead source, uh, and it's where you can get your, um, your absentee owner lists, or you can create a list of all the people in a particular zip code. Let's say there's an area of town that you know is, uh, is going to appreciate. Um, so you want to you kind of farm that whole area and uh, you know, send out mailers or, um, or do some um, cold calling in that particular area. You can use our system called County Data Finder to build a custom mailing list. So I think this would best be served by a quick demonstration here. Um, but before I do that, let me, just, um, let me just explain that what we're doing is searching over, it's actually now over 16 million property records in Texas that you can search through and you can create your own custom mailing list right on the fly. So I'll show you uh, for the Austin metro area because that's where I'm uh, familiar with. Uh, so what we can do is create a custom mailing list. We can specify various criteria in here. So um, I can say that I only wanna look at non-owner occupied. In other words, uh, the mailing address and the owner or sorry, the property address and the mailing address for the owner are different. Um, or I can take that a step further and I can say, I only wanna to talk to people who own real estate in Travis County, but live outside of Texas. And for me, that's interesting because um, you know, they're, the further away they live, the, the less emotionally attached they are, you know, statistically speaking to that property. Um, and the more you know, potentially difficult it is for them to deal with the property. You know, if they're in California and uh, the toilet breaks down here in Texas, they've got to call someone to take care of that. They can't, you know, they can't uh, take care of that, of that themselves. 
aspects. I also want to deal with people who have owned the property for at least, um, in my opinion, at least seven years, uh, because that means they've built up a decent amount of equity in the property. Um, and, uh, and, you know, they could afford to sell it at a discount. So I like to set, I like to say that, uh, in other words, that they have purchased the property between, I'm just going to say between 1900 and, uh, 2010. So that's, that means that at least they've owned it for 10 years now. And then what we can also do is filter out all the, um, properties that are owned by an LLC or some kind of uh, entity, because if it's owned by an entity, they're likely, you know, a more sophisticated investor, and it's less likely that they're going to be uh, motivated to sell the property at a discount if they're a sophisticated investor. So I filter out the LLC owners. For me, my, my investment focus is single family, so I will filter for only single family properties, but what you can do is you can specifically filter for multifamily if you want to look for, you know, uh, duplexes, uh, fourplexes, and, and higher, and all that. And then I, I have a particular zip code that I like to invest in, so I can enter those zip codes here: seven eight seven five eight seven eight seven five nine. And then I can, I'll hit search here. So what's happening is we're searching through the entire county database for Travis County. It's about just under a million properties, if I recall correctly. And we're looking for properties that meet these criteria. So it does take a little bit of time to search through that entire database, but we should have a list here very soon. Let me know how many properties you think will meet that criteria. I don't know if we have anyone here from the Austin area in the audience who's familiar with these particular zip codes. Um, but there it is. So in 78758 and 78759, there are 121 properties that meet that criteria. Again, it's that they've owned it for at least 10 years. They live outside of Texas and that it is a single family uh, property. So here's the list. We've got 121 properties. Um, so you can view all the information, the owner name, the owner address. This particular owner is in Colorado. Uh, and they've owned it since 2007. And you can go through the list this way and really, really build a nice custom mailing list. Um, you can either, you can start mailing, you could pass this list through a skip tracing service that we provide. You can get their phone numbers and emails, uh, start to do digital marketing or some kind of um, phone-based uh, marketing campaign. So what we allow you to do from here is to download all these properties to a spreadsheet. Um, so I can download the list here, um, open it up, and then send that right over to, a, uh, to my direct mail uh, company or send it through the skip tracing service that, uh, that we also offer. We do have a skip tracing service. I'll touch on that at the end. So we could give you the phone numbers and emails for everyone on this list, and then you can go ahead and market to it. So that is the County Data Finder product. Um, in a nutshell, you know, there's, there's many different ways you can cut the list and, and kind of filter it and um, uh, to create your own custom list. So let me know in the chat window if you've got any questions or if you've used a service like this, I'd love to hear, um, hear from you. You know, what were your results? What were the, the criteria that you searched for? 
Um, what, what was, uh, you know, your marketing method? Did you do direct mail? Let me know in the chat window. I'd love to hear from you uh, in that regard. So that being said, I'm going to switch back to the presentation slides. So that was the county data finder product. Um, so I'm going to spend the next, um, the next uh, two, three minutes here running through the last lead source, uh, last but not least, of course. Um, so do let me know if you have any questions up until now. Um, I'm going to wrap up the, uh, the presentation in about, about uh, 10 minutes here. So the last lead source that we offer is called the MLS Deal Finder. Um, so MLS meaning the multiple listing service. This is the uh, this is where homes are, are typically bought and sold um, retail. So if you're shopping for your homestead, uh, if you use a realtor to find your house, you've you've bought uh, properties off of the MLS before. And I know a lot of people, as soon as they hear MLS Deal Finder, they tell me, oh, I'm not interested in that. There's no, there are no deals on the MLS. Um, and, you know, there, there's some truth to that. Um, if you look at the current market conditions, we are definitely still in a seller's market. Um, excuse me. Um, we're in a seller's market. So, um, but, you know, the, the economic landscape can change very, very quickly as we're seeing. Um, and uh, as the market shifts, you will start to see more and more motivated sellers on the MLS, more and more people who need to sell their property, um, due to changes in the economic situation in the world situation as well. So, um, I will definitely say that there are deals on the MLS. So what you need, uh, to do is, is act very quickly when there are deals on the MLS, especially in a hot market they sell extremely quickly. So you need to have a system in place so that you can, uh, you can find these deals when they are on the MLS and that you can act very quickly on them. So let me show you an example of a great deal that was on the MLS. Um, so let me pull that up. So I, I just wanna showcase this software. So MLS Deal Finder um, is a service that we provide um, and what it does is it sets up um, alerts on the MLS uh, through our system. Uh, so our system is running um, comps every single hour. Uh, everything that hits the MLS, our system is analyzing the comps and figuring out uh, what is the ARV, how much is it going to rent for, and if the ARV is much less than, or sorry, if the ARV is much, much higher and what the property is listed for, we call that a discounted deal. So for example, um, if the ARV is $200,000, but the list price is $100,000, you know there's something going on. There's some kind of motivation, um, whether it's that the property needs a lot of repairs or the owner just needs to get rid of it very quickly. Uh, it's the discount that tells you that there's some kind of motivation. So our system is able to find those deals. So I wanna show you an example. Um, so let me go back, um, back in my email inbox um, by a couple, by a, a month here. I wanna show you a particular deal that I received in my email inbox. So I got this email, this was on January 20th. Um, so I got this email alert from MLS Deal Finder, which is the, the software, the system I'm talking about. 
It was concerning this property, 9408 Mountain Quail Road in Austin. It was listed for 275,000. Um, the estimated price, the ARV, is was four hundred forty-six thousand dollars, and um, I was particularly interested in this one because it's in the zip code that I'm interested in, seven eight seven five eight. So I got this email at three o six p.m. on Monday. Um, unfortunately, I was in a meeting until about four thirty or five p.m. When I saw this email, I called the broker right away and the property was already under contract. Uh, but you can see my point is to illustrate that when there's a good deal on the MLS, it's going to sell incredibly fast, especially in, um, in a seller's markets. So what you need is a system to allow you to, number one, receive the alert very quickly and then number two, to do the uh, to do the initial groundwork, the initial estimates to figure out if it's actually a good deal or not. So that's exactly what MLS Deal Finder does. It allows you to set up the criteria for your search. So my search was to be in Austin in a particular zip code. And I was looking for properties with 30% or more discount. And this one uh, definitely fit that bill. And unfortunately, I just didn't act quick enough on my end because it was a great deal uh, that sold very quickly. So here you can see some of the photos for the interior of the property. Um, so actually it, it wasn't even in that bad of a shape. Uh, the story with this particular property is it was owned by the city um, and the city, I guess, just needed to liquidate it pretty quickly. Um, so they sold it at a huge discount and sold it basically for cash on the under contract on the first day they listed it. So. Um, that is the MLS Deal Finder system. Um, you can also use the same system to search the entire MLS by cash flowing properties. So let's say you want your, your strategy is buy and hold and you wanted to make sure that you only receive alerts if there's a property that meets the 1% rule or maybe you want the 1.5% rule. In other words, um, for example, if the house rents up for 1500 a month, um, you can purchase that at that house for $100,000, that's 1.5%. So let's say you only want to see properties that are 1.5% or greater. We call that the rental index. Um, so you can set up your search on the MLS to return results only when the properties meet that 1.5% uh, rule or greater. And then you can get the alerts sent right to your email inbox and hopefully you re respond to those in a timely manner. You don't let the, the good deals pass by. Um, so uh, so that, is the, uh, that is the MLS Deal Finder system. Uh, let me know if you have any questions there. Um, otherwise, I will move on to the next set of slides. Okay, all right. Well, so that's, uh, those are the three systems that we, we provide to allow you to find deals, whether they're off the off markets, um, whether they're on markets, um, doesn't matter as long as you find someone who has some kind of situation or motivation to, to provide or to sell the property to you at a discount. Uh, that's basically the goal um, of what we do in real estate investing to find those um, under, under market value properties and invest in them. So, um, 
those are the three products we offer again off market leads county data finder and mls deal finder so let me wrap up the presentation and um and provide a bit more information about how you could get started so um, we are strong believers in the 10x rule um, for so for any of you grant cardone fans out there we've kind of borrowed the the 10x um, concepts anything we do we want to ensure that we're bringing bringing you 10 times the value of what it uh, costs so we're all about having systems and processes that help you succeed and of course help you increase your confidence um, and make the right decision so uh, if you're interested uh, hopefully um, after all the uh, all the case studies all the examples i've showed you um, you you can see that the, there's a lot of value here so you can get involved by um, using our deal finding suite and again the deal finding suite is composed of the off-market leads county data finder and mls deal finder and again actually we're at over forty-five thousand leads every single month across those three systems so uh, I mentioned before, you can go out and buy each of these lists individually. You can go out and buy a foreclosure list from a vendor, um, a probate list from a different provider. You can find the evictions and liens um, or the delinquent taxes. You can buy all those lists separately, uh, add it all together, and you'll be spending around $2,000 a month in, in a single metro area just to get those off-market leads. That's not counting um, the county data finder leads that we offer or the ability to create um, and source leads right off of the MLS. So when you look at all that together, it's over $5,000 uh, of value every single month. So again, as believers in the 10X rule, um, we don't price that at $5,000. It's $159 a month for a metro area. So Austin and San Antonio is one metro area. Uh, the DFW area um, is one metro area. Houston is another metro area. Each of those you could get for $159 a month. That is um, the, uh, the deal finding option. So number two, let's say you've already got um, a good source of, of leads and you just need the tools to run the comps to do your analysis to make sure um, you are looking at good deals. Uh, the first thing we looked at earlier today is the deal analysis suite, uh, just to run comps with FastCMA, uh, a tool to help estimate your repairs, and also um, a tool to help analyze the deal, uh, look at it in terms of the ROI, the, the net operating income, um, and all the other uh, typical financial metrics. Um, we've got that as a tool for you um, bundled together in the deal analysis suite. So you can run an unlimited number of CMAs. Um, the market value there, you know, realtors are often paying hundreds of dollars a month just to have access to the MLS to pay the, the association dues and all that. Um, you can get access to basically effectively the same data because we are um, we are downloading MLS data every single hour at Real Estate IQ. So you can get access to that for just 15 bucks a month uh, to be able to run comps uh, all over your, your market area. I think that's an absolute uh, no-brainer. You've definitely got to run comps. You don't want to trust 
uh, don't want to trust Zillow or the Zestimates um, or just the tax assessed value, you always want to base your decisions on MLS data. Um, so that again is available at just $15 a month. And then last but not least, we do have the most uh, kind of advanced form of our, um, of our leads, which is skip tracing. So here, what you can do is you can get all the leads that we offer, um, all, the, all the major types of leads that we offer, and you can get not only the leads, but you can also get the leads with phone numbers and emails. That's what we call our premium package. Uh, you will get up to five cell phone numbers, five landlines numbers, and five email addresses. You'll also get the phone numbers and emails for the relatives or the next of kin for those uh, those people. So in case you can't get a hold of the, um, for example, the husband, you'll get probably you'll get the the wife's contact information as well in the list, or you'll get um, if it's um, if it's the son, you might also get the um, you know the the father's information as well. So you get plenty of information uh, to help you get in touch with um with the um with the potential sellers there but not only can you get the you know the the emails and phone numbers for the leads that we provide you can also bring your own list let's say you're out driving for dollars um, or you found another custom mailing list um, from another source you can send us the list we'll also skip, skip trace it for you um, you'll get the same data um, same data quality, uh, regardless of whether you have your own list or you're using our list. And what we do is we take all the all these lead types, the pre-foreclosure, the pre-pre-foreclosure, probates, airship evictions, um, hospital liens, HOA liens, and mechanics liens, and we skip trace these records every single day um, and deliver those right to your email inbox. So the premium um, leads uh, they basically they, they include phone numbers and uh, the deal finding suite. So everything we talked about before, the county uh, data finder, the MLS deal finder, as well as all the off-market leads, that is priced at uh, $318 a month for a metro area. And of course, uh, we're also including the, the rehab calculator, like I mentioned, to help you estimate the cost of repairs. Uh, for that particular property. And then we do have the um, exit strategy calculator as well to help analyze uh, your deal. So although um, I gave you the prices before, we are giving away a special promotion today for you for attending. So it is 40% off for the deal finding suite or 50% off for the premium suite. Uh, so what that looks like for the deal finding suite, uh, it drops the price to $97 a month. The premium suite uh, is $159 a month. And then the deal analysis suite is still uh, $15 a month um, that we, we're already offering that at a fantastic value. Um, we, can't, we can't sell it any cheaper than that. So uh, if you are interested, definitely let me know. Um, stick, uh, I'll be sticking around in the chat window here if you want to see uh, a bit more in depth uh, what the what the different packages do, um, all the different features. Um, I will be here. Um, we also do have um, a pretty extensive knowledge uh, knowledge base and support channel, so you can get on demand and real time training. Um, you've got access to our support team and uh, two hour response time on any questions you might have. 
So write this down, definitely take down the customer service information here, um, their phone number and contact email address. And then what I will do is I will type my contact information into the chat window as well as um, a promo code for tonight. So if you are interested in the services, I'll give you a promo code that will get you that discount. But please, please do stick around, um, ask any questions you have um, about the service, about investing in general. I'm happy to share uh, my experience and what I know in that area. So uh, that being said, um, thank you all so much uh, for being here. Um, appreciate your time and happy deal findings. For webinar schedules, follow us at our official social media accounts or visit us at www.realestateiq.co.